Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. StrikeDeck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The StrikeDeck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer training programs for CSMs and customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. I'm really excited about today's guest and topic. We are joined by Angie M., who is currently serving as the Director of Customer Success for Lumiata. Angie has a background at the intersection of healthcare, data, and artificial intelligence, having come out of Carnegie Mellon University and the IBM Watson healthcare team. Today, we're going to be talking about how to apply customer success best practices to a data-as-a-service company. So, Angie, thanks for joining us today. Before we get too deep into our topic, could you share a little bit more background about how you wound up in customer success and also a little more about Lumiata and the company mission? Sure, I'd be happy to. First, thanks for having me, Kristen. Oh, yeah. Um, I got my start in customer success, I think, where a lot of CS folks do, in consulting. I was a management and strategy consultant at IBM for four years, which gave me a grounding in the customer lifecycle for a variety of applications and industries. Everything from onboarding to business requirements gathering, collaborative design and testing. These are the kind of skills that I developed as a consultant. And under IBM Watson, I worked on advanced analytics projects with clients to design, develop, and configure platforms that slice and dice data to change the way businesses work. So this work, in contrast to my previous work with state and federal government, showed me what a difference it makes to have experienced support behind you or a partner that facilitates collaborative solution development. And I decided I really enjoyed this and found value in this role. And this is pretty much what I capture as customer success today. I learned the importance of asking good, well-structured questions early and often in order to drive both the client and my own team to a collaborative solution. Absolutely. I think asking great questions is such an important part of our field. And so I can see how that sort of led you into customer success. So how did you end up in the Watson Health Program? I joined IBM right after graduating from Carnegie Mellon. And actually, my goal going in was to join Watson Health. And it took me about three years to actually get to the practice that I wanted to be working in. And so it was a natural seg into or natural part of my growth in my career that I ended up at Watson Health. And also my work at Watson Health, really diving into these analytics projects, working on healthcare platforms really was a natural seg into why I joined Lumiata. Cool. So tell us a little bit more about Lumiata and what you do there. Sure. Lumiata provides next generation predictive artificial intelligence or AI to leading health plans and their healthcare provider networks. So our mission is perfect health risk awareness for all people everywhere. 
And what that means is we want to use AI and predictive analytics to identify people who are at risk of developing clinical conditions, say diabetes or chronic kidney disease. And we do this through our data as a service product, the Lumiata Matrix Suite. Very cool. So then you're, you're feeding that information back around to um, the healthcare providers so that they can do outreach and education of those patients? That's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we cool. help them sift through their patient population and understand who do they need to be paying the most attention to. Oh, that's great. That's a very cool mission that your organization has. Uh, since we're going to be talking about data as a service companies today, can you take a few minutes to define that for our audience? It's a little different. We usually talk about software as a service. And so I'd like to understand, and I'm sure our listeners would really like to understand how data as a service is different from software as a service. Of course. So how is data as a service different from software as a service? And really, how does that change the way we do customer success here? So if you think about a company that delivers SaaS products or software as a service, is one that is putting a platform or application in front of an end user. Data as a service, on the other hand, you're still putting a product in front of an end user, but in this case, our product data. So we're providing data on demand to the user, regardless of geography or organizational separation. You can think of our DAS product as data that powers a customer's platform application rather than us providing the application itself. Okay, got it. So does your data come through a variety of different platforms and applications then? In a sense, yes. So the business that we're in is we collect data from all of our customers on their populations, and we use that data to create predictions, specifically predicting which individuals are at risk of developing a clinical condition. So the data is sourced from not only our clients, but from external sources too, And when I say data, what I mean is things like medical claims, member files, electronic health records, prescription information. Got it. Yeah. So once we get all that data, we digest it and we digest all the information relevant to a patient's medical state and we use it to create machine learning algorithms that can do the predictions that we do. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about how that relates to customer success. Absolutely. So data as a service versus software as a service in customer success. I think in general, you can think of the key metrics being the same. Um, Customer happiness, net promoter score, customer retention. But the way that you measure these metrics or your standards for measure may be different. So for instance, SaaS platforms are probably really looking hard at adoption by how long a user is logged into a platform, how many logins they do during a certain interval. We don't have a platform and we can't do that. But what we can do is to evaluate how we've changed the way a business works. So one of the things that AI does or will do is change the way that people work. At Lumiata, how we measure this is we baseline our customers' current business operation processes, how long something takes, what it costs for a company to execute an operation. And then we give them our predictions and see whether or not we've made their business operations more efficient or less costly. Got it. Okay. Very cool. And then just to provide a little bit of background on your own team, can you share how your success team is structured 
and which company functions you cover. I find that varies a lot from company to company. And then talk about how your team fits into the rest of your organization. Of course. So how is our customer success organization structured at Lumiata? Well, I think it's, I should give a little bit of background. We are a small startup company. So we just went through some restructuring and to be frank, it's just me. But as the same, no, that's not unusual. <laughs> There's no shame in that. This is we have a I lot hear. of people listening that that's their situation too. I'd say this is what I hear. Um, but hopefully, you know, they've heard this as I've heard this. Everyone is in customer success. So at Lumiana, we make it a point to bring in everyone from the product team to the data science team and convey ownership for all of our individuals um, around customer success. In my role as director, I help set the strategy and goals, what it means to our organization to ensure that customers are happy, making sure that they understand the value that we're providing them, and that they're able to integrate our predictive work into their business operations. The rest of our team, composed of technical engineers, data scientists, project managers, they help to make sure that all of that happens. It really is an entirely a team effort. A lot of the times because I have no ownership in the brilliance of our data science team. And I really rely on them to help me convey to our customers what it is that we're delivering to them, how they should, how our customers should integrate our work into their business processes. Okay. I'm sure along the way um, have picked a lot of that up. You know, probably the work that you've done, you know, in your past at IBM, I would imagine, and also in Carnegie Mellon, is that it, do you find that that's kind of feeding into um, what you're doing at, at Lumiata as well and making you more successful as a customer success manager there? Yes. Yeah, so it has been incredibly helpful that the fact that I've worked in this area, worked these with these types of engineers um, in the past. So I really understand the challenges that they go through and it's easier. It's a little bit easier for me to translate to our customers what we do um, as our company continues to innovate and grow in what we do. Then I'm, I'm on the hook for continuing to grow with them. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, continued education for you, for sure. So that really leads into my next question. I would imagine that customer education is a big part of what you do. How does your team and your company tackle that? Yeah. Thanks for asking that. Uh, we actually spend a lot of time talking amongst ourselves about what is the best way to educate our customers around not only what we do, but in general, what is artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, there's a couple ways that you can approach customer, customer education around this kind of bleeding edge technology. And one of the things that we've done is to really develop a common language around explaining our product that remains business friendly, but keeps the technical aspect of the product intact. So, in a sense, rather than simplifying what we do, we focus on making sure our clients are fully educated on the science of machine learning and how it works. Because um, we want them to be up to speed to and ready to make the next step. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And one of the things that we also invest our time in doing is to script out our work so that internally at Lumiata, across our cross-functional teams, like sales and marketing, we can all leverage the same terminology when we explain what we do to the outside world. That's great. I think people get nervous when you say AI 
and machine learning, and especially as it would relate to somebody's healthcare records. <laughs> so I can imagine that that would be um, definitely something that you need to educate people on. Yeah, that's our focus. So what are some of the processes and best practices that you've built around customer success? Do you have a playbook or do you have other formal documentation? I think I spend a lot of time making as many documents as I can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I'm not a process heavy person, but for some reason, I I try to end up writing a lot of this down so that we have some kind of framework we can abide by. In fact, one of my first tasks in this role is to develop a playbook around the customer success organization. So what it entails is really what customer success should mean to us, how we operate, and importantly, how we collaborate across our internal teams, such as product, data science, and data engineering, to make customer success a reality. So a lot of our initial work here to make sure that we're rolling out with best practices and really one message, one face to all of our customers was to um, focus on the intersection of sales and contracting and marketing. We wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page about how we not only talk about our product, but also how we design our projects um, and how we explain the value of what we deliver to our customers. One of the things that I observed coming to a smaller company is that much of the lead work through signing and contracting can be conducted in a silo. And we didn't have a formal means or expectation in the beginning to consult with each other, or communicate deeply enough across different teams. So, but now I think that we've set up, we've had a number of discussions around it and we've put some things to paper about how we'll keep each other accountable. And that has been quite helpful in making sure that we understand what's going on uh, in our different teams. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors and we'll be back with the rest of the interview in a minute. Today, I want to share some information about the customer success workshops we offer at the Success League. Each of the classes we teach as a part of our CSM training program is also offered in a two to three hour expanded workshop format. These on-site sessions are designed to provide a rich learning experience for customer success teams and include group discussions, team exercises, and tools that team members can put to use right away. Some of the recent topics we have been addressing through these workshops are engaging executives, uncovering opportunities, building persuasion and negotiation skills, and managing time. If you have a customer success team event coming up, consider adding one of our half or full day workshops to build your group's skills and drive teamwork. I also want to mention a terrific resource from Strike Deck called The Beginner's Guide to Customer Success. This is a 200-page ebook you can download from Amazon, and it includes fantastic tips, articles, and exercises to grow your career in customer success. CSMs will find information that helps them get started in the field, and managers will gain tools they can implement to help build the customer success function within their organization. For more information about either the workshops or the ebook, you can visit the successleague.io or strikedeck.com. And now back to our interview. What tools do you use to manage your team and your customers? Um, you know, since you're doing so much cross-functional work uh, within your organization, uh, I would imagine that you have a number of tools to assist with that. And you know, if you do have those tools, how did you decide on the tools that you've put in place? Asking me this question, I feel like I should be asking you this question. <laughs> <Given your work. laughs> we can always help with this. 
We might have to revisit this sometime offline. Um, you know, as far as tools go, we largely use Salesforce to support account management and just talk cross-functionally across our internal teams. I think we're still small enough at this point that we're still focusing on a series of homegrown solutions that okay. drive our visualizations and internal reporting. Industry metrics like net proponent score, or time to first implementation value. These are metrics that we're still early enough on that I'm documenting a baseline for what that means. I think we'll, once we get a full baseline across what those metrics should look like, then we'll start looking at tools to track them for our customers. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. I think in an early stage company, it can be kind of tough because you do have to spend a little bit of time um, building your baseline. I, I want to ask, and, and this is sort of off script, but I want to see how you guys are using um, net promoter score because that's been a topic of a lot of debate recently in the customer success community. And I'm always curious what people are doing with that. So are you, are you running frequent surveys for that? Or are you just kind of figuring out how you're going to do that at this point? I would say it's more of the latter. We're probably just figuring out how we're going to do that. I think um, much of this is driven by the nature of our industry, though. It's it's a small space that we're running in, and the people that we work with, our customers, really all know each other. Okay. And so um, our focus is to you know have have these folks meet with each other when we're not present or make sure that we connect people, um, our customers with each other when we're at a industry event or a conference. Got it. So how do you measure the success of your customer success organization? I would imagine that this is very data-driven since you're a data company. <laughs> so uh, what are your key metrics? Yeah, well, we measure largely in terms of the utility of the product that we provide. So that's to say, if we're helping an organization better understand the clinical health state of their own member population, and they're using that information to help drive their business operations, um, we understand that to be a measure of success for our organization. To that end, we spend a lot of time gathering information on our customers' business operation processes and what their metrics are today. And so we evaluate against their current day metrics after they've implemented our product and see if we've made a difference in how they work. So that that is something that we talk to our clients about a lot at the Success League is how how can you help your customers see the value that was the reason they purchased your solution in the first place. So I, I love that you're doing that. I think one of the challenges that some of our clients run into, and I know probably some of the listeners run into this as well, is that it can be sometimes a little bit challenging to get customers to share that information with you. Do you ever run into challenges like that? Or is it pretty easy in your field because everybody knows each other? <laughs> I wish it was easy. Um, no, abso absolutely. You're absolutely right that it is something that is kind of difficult to draw out of some customers. And really, I think, um, you know, we don't always get lucky. We don't always get the information that we want to better understand their business. But in general, if you can get a person talking about their own pain points, you know, the biggest challenges that they have in their job, you might start to be able to draw out numbers from those conversations because people like to talk about what's hard and they're always looking for help on how to make their job easier. Thank you for sharing that with the, the audience. I think that that advice is going to be helpful for a lot of people. I get that question all the time. And 
And so I appreciate your approach to that. What are your growth plans as you move the team forward? Do you have any major initiatives on the horizon that you'd be willing to share with this audience? We're currently undergoing a growth phase, so I'm happy to say yes. We do have some plans coming ahead um, about how we'll be expanding our CS organization in the coming months to support the breadth and depth of our changing customer segments. So CS and delivering a database product around advanced analytics is largely dependent on the human element. So what we really want to do is we start to strategize our growth is think about how we can anticipate the needs of the customer and educate them appropriately on how to use our product. From that perspective, we'll be looking for individuals who have worked with our primary customer segment and payers, insurers focus on risk adjustment, underwriting, care management, um, so that we can build in those skills into our organization from, from the outset. Okay, so you're going to be looking for people to add to your team who have a rich experience in the healthcare side of things so that they can speak the language. Is that what I'm hearing? Perfect. Yeah, so specialists. Yeah, we kind of... Um, talk to companies a lot and it's interesting to see who's working on hiring specialists versus who's working on hiring customer success generalists. And so um, I always like to ask about that. So it sounds like you're going the specialist route and it makes sense, I think, for your startup since you're um, in a niche like you are. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So for other customer success leaders that may be listening who work for data as a service or even just data-focused organizations, what advice do you have for starting up their customer success teams? Probably the best piece of advice that I can give them is to focus on first, really understanding where your client's maturity is and their understanding of data and and the information that they're looking to get from you. So once you have a strong understanding of the problem that they're looking to solve, make sure that you can articulate how you what you're delivering solves that problem and think about the messaging and the communication strategy that will be associated with that. Perfect. I think that's a great suggestion. So last question, and this is something I ask all of our guests, what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? I'm quite certain that I'm not the authority on this. Uh, (laughs) But you're allowed to have an opinion. (laughs) For that, I'm grateful. And I would say, you know, from from my perspective, as CS becomes more established across enterprises, across these larger organizations, biggest challenge or hurdle that you'll start to see is cross-functional alignment getting resolved across internal teams. So really establishing the purpose and function of CS within an organization and level setting across the enterprise, the importance of CS, what they will be doing and how their accountability or responsibility differs from the rest of the organization. Um, I think that that's an important trend that we'll start to see addressed by not only CS organizations, but everyone else that we support and supports us as well. Cool. Yeah, I think that 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 I'm seeing everywhere where, you know, now companies are starting to look at customer success as um, a, a company function and a, um, a focus of the organization. And it used to be, oh, we want to have a customer centric organization. And now it's becoming 
I think more real when companies are saying, hey, we want our customers to be successful because we know that that means successful for us as a company as well. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I mean, it seems like a no brainer when you say it, but it takes a lot of effort to get there. And I think, you know, seeing how customer success fits in with all of the parts of an organization is really important. So I think you nailed it on that. That is one of the huge trends right now in our field. And the accountability piece is really important as well. Yeah, and I'm excited for how it establishes a foothold across organizations. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Well, Angie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today to talk about customer success in data as a service companies. I know that our audience, even those in the more traditional industries, probably took a lot of great advice away from this episode. So thank you for taking the time for this interview. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure chatting with you. If folks want to continue the conversation, I'd be more than happy to. I can be reached on LinkedIn uh, at Angie M or on Twitter at Angie underscore I am. Awesome. Thanks very much. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, please subscribe to Strike Deck Radio on iTunes or SoundCloud. And finally, thanks for listening to this podcast, and we hope you'll join us next time. <laughs>